0: up, everybody? You're now at your favorite stop for all things sports, politics, and culture. It's the Wake Up and Win Podcast with Devon Pouncey, a production of Thatcast Network.
1: Hey now, say now, you're tuned into to the Wake Up and Win Podcast, and I am your host, Devon Pouncey. We are here in the beautiful city of Portland, Oregon, at the Living the Dream Studios in the Pro District. As usual, I got D-Boy alongside me again today. What's
2: going on, D-Boy? Bro, I've been hot and tired, bro. I've been hot, hot, and and tired? Tired, bro. hot
1: and tired? Well, hot and tired? Tell me
2: more. Why so? I mean, 85. I, I sound hot like tired, a, yeah, Hot and tired? Hot and bothered? No, nah. just I mean? nah, <laughs> hot and tired. It's been, it been like 85 uh, around the last couple of days, and it seemed like it'd been 90 for real. I've been sitting in traffic, Portland traffic. And, uh, it's picking up. It's, it's picking, picking up. up. It's picking up. So, uh... Yeah, man. It's just been hot. It's been hot. I've been busy. I've been running around. I've been in the car running errands. I've been just handling business, bruh. but I'm ready. I'm excited. It's another week. It's another podcast.
1: There we go. There we go. So before we dig into some content and we start talking about Jay-Z partnering with the NFL, because I know that's what many of you all want to hear. Got to make a few quick announcements of some events that I have coming up. D-Boy, I know you got some stuff coming up as well. Um, So first off, I'll just start off with this weekend. I talked about it a little bit last week in the and L segment. But this upcoming weekend, Sunday, that is the 18th, August 18th, this Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m., The organization I work for, Street Roots, the newspaper publication, vendor program, all of that good stuff. Um, We're celebrating our 20-year anniversary, so obviously that's a really big deal. We've been in the game for quite some time now, and we will be having a street party on August 18th from 1 to 4 p.m. The community is invited. Portland come out and represent There'll be a lot of people there, food, games, fun, all types of good stuff, live entertainment. It'll be a good, fun weekend. So I just would like to invite all of my Portlanders out here to come on down, street party on Northwest 2nd and Davis. Um, the address is 211 Northwest Northwest 2nd and Davis for street routes, but we'll be having the street blocked off. We got a permit from the city and everything to kind of do this street party ordeal. So... Please, please come out if you can, if you got nothing to do, because it'll be lots of fun. And some of you may not know much about the organization, but you hear what I talk about on the podcast. You know that we're really doing some things and creating some waves here within the city of Portland. And what better time to really be able to learn firsthand what we're all about than celebrating at our 20-year anniversary street party. Um, Another quick announcement. That night, that Sunday will be a pretty busy day for me. That night, I'll be DJing at Culture Social Bar. Um, I'll be DJing there, and I'll be DJing for Sugar T from the Click, E-40 sister. She's out here. She'll be performing that night. She's doing like a book signing as well that night. And I'll be on the ones and twos. That starts at 9 p.m. So y'all make sure y'all drop on by if y'all want to get a little turn up in on a Sunday night. Because we'll definitely be having some fun there. Also, next week, next week, we'll start releasing this podcast on Wednesdays. Um, We finally got a good machine going back again here with this podcast. Obviously, you know the content that we drop is always A1. but. Having a machine to be able to push the podcast in the right direction, to continue to level up, to continue to have some real consistency, and really to make us a part of your schedule every Wednesday, we will be doing the Wake Up and Win podcast release on Wednesday, so I'm excited about it, D-Boy, I know you're excited about it, it'll be be a uh, Wake Up and Wednesday, that's what we'll call it, that's what we'll call it through our program, Wake Up and Wednesday, it'll be Wake Up and Wednesday, so Please be sure to start checking us out then. Um, and that's enough for me on my announcements on what I got coming up. What you got going on? Whole
2: lot, whole lot. I got a birthday coming up, a big birthday, uh-oh, too. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Next Wednesday, August 21st, I will be hitting my 30th birthday. So that's a big that's milestone. Big. You know That's what I'm a saying? big milestone, Hopefully for sure. Hopefully I got 60 more of them things to come, you feel me? But, uh, yeah, I got my big birthday coming up next Wednesday. I have a record release party slash listening party um slash birthday dinner next saturday august 24th and that'll be in Vallejo, california back in the bay where it all started at for me so uh, i'm excited about that my brother right here to the left of me he'll be djing that event and so we're gonna have my uncle from out in texas with the all queued up doing the barbecue bust downs and then uh, like i said i'm gonna kind of go over the music that i'm dropping and that's to come and just have a good time with the people who i started with like i said so yeah i got that on the way and then uh i got a project coming out soon called life outside social media a lot Mm. of you guys been listening and kind of seeing the progress of me making that come to you know life and now it's almost here so still haven't dropped the official release date yet but i mean it's real close like within less than a month type close so we just busy, bro. Busy. Gotta gotta
1: stay working. Gotta yes, stay indeed. working. Yeah. All right, D boy, now let's get into some content because I want to get straight into this partnership between Jay-Z and his company Rock Nation and the NFL. For those of you that may have not heard, I'm pretty sure most of you have heard, but if you haven't, the NFL is partnering with Rock Nation to consult on and co-produce its entertainment presentations, such as its halftime shows, obviously the Super Bowl halftime show. And there's a lot of, really, there's so much entertainment that surrounds the NFL that we don't see or know about based on events that they may have in particular cities week to week. So um, you got Jay-Z partnering up with the NFL with that, and he'll also be helping consult um, with their social justice initiative as well which obviously has sparked some tremendous conversation when it comes to the NFL and how it's handled social justice within the past three or four years. Right. Obviously, being led by the nil, taken by Colin Kaepernick, and him still not being in the league, and a lot of people still really, I would say, in limbo when it comes to figuring out how exactly to navigate through all of this, with Colin Kaepernick having taken a knee and still not having a job, but the NFL still being the NFL and the commodity that it is, whether you protest and boycott or boycott the NFL, not even protest, but whether you decide to boycott the NFL, whether you just disagree with the NFL and you may speak out against them, but you still support the sports and the athletes that are in it because it is still a primarily black sport. Um, or you might just say, you know what, I think it's over with for the nil and it's time to move right along. But obviously, with Jay Z having this partnership and knowing that he had ties and he had allies that were Super Bowl, I mean, that were NFL owners, which majority NFL owners have ties and connections to Donald Trump, a lot of people feel as if Jay Z is a shield for the NFL. Because they've poorly handled social justice issues within the past half decade. And now, Jay-Z is there to kind of clean that all up for them. And they don't necessarily have to be held responsible or accountable for their slip-ups and the mistakes that they've made in the past. And the mistakes that they probably would have made in the future had they not gotten this initiative. So, for me, I really feel some type of way about... Jay-Z even being criticized, the slander that Jay-Z has received for doing this partnership with the NFL. And I got a plethora of reasons as to why. The first one I would just say flat out, Jay-Z has given us a reason to trust him especially when it comes to Facts. social justice issues. Jay-Z is not... Obviously, we know the entertainment element that comes along with Jay-Z. If you don't know, go figure it out. Do a deep dive. Sign up with Tidal or something like that because that's where you'll receive most of his content anyway. But everybody knows Jay-Z's came to claim to fame is what he's been able to do in the hip-hop industry. Many argue him as the greatest rapper of all time, and I kind of second those sentiments. But... When we think about Jay-Z, he's done so much. He's got the Reform Alliance that he's the co-founder of, and their mission is to dramatically reduce the number of people who are unjustly under the control of the justice system, starting with probation and parole. He's done so much philanthropy around social justice issues, humanitarianism. He's done so many things, and obviously, he continues to build and grow his own brand, which is rock nation in the process of that. So, for me, I truly don't understand why people don't trust Jay-Z being able to go sit now in the room with many of these billionaires, essentially, and to be able to have some say-so and not be able to create some waves and splashes
2: within those rooms representing these athletes. To feed off exactly what you just said, uh, a lot of times I reference Matt Barnes, somebody who I follow, and respect his stance as being a real... Athlete, post athlete, always give you the real Matt Barnes. And so he posted something and it said, it's bigger than we know or think of. If anyone in our culture deserves our patience, it's Jay. He don't need the money nor the attention. I think before we rush to judgment, let's see how this plays out. You can't fix nothing from the outside. Hashtag, he has a seat at the table. (laughs) I really believe that that yeah. was exactly how I felt with, you know, knowing that we're going to talk about this on a podcast and then seeing this post from Matt Barnes. I really feel like the words were directly taken out of my mouth because we do have a problem as black people, as African-American community, as you know, the whole Kaepernick situation unfolded, as the whole protest of players and everything unfolded with the NFL. Uh, we have a problem. We we don't we don't like what the NFL is doing with our players, and so with somebody like Jay Z being somebody tapped into the culture, being somebody as you mentioned who we trust, who we should give that chance to have some patience. He owns a sports agency. Unfolds, uh, I think. I can't think of a better person I would probably want in that position, to for be sure. honest with <laughs> for you. For sure. And so I think we can't fix nothing from the outside. Like he said, you, you're you completely right. And if we want something changed, we need somebody like Jay-Z who, who can really maneuver and finesse some stuff and use his power to make change. I got a hot take for you, though. Go for do it. Do you think that with this uh, situation being made, do you think Kaepernick will ever be in the NFL again? Do you think this is a... And it's just a hot take. It had my wheels turning. Yeah. I've seen some comments. Do you think that we might see a Colin Kaepernick in the NFL again? I think his chances are greater.
1: But I think the problem is right now in him kind of rebuttaling... away from the game
2: too long. Not huh? even
1: just being away from the game too long. Because
2: he's probably training his ass off. I don't, I don't even think
1: it has nothing to do with that. I think it's the people that Jay is receiving criticism from are people within Kaepernick's inner circle. So now you have Kaepernick... I mean you got Eric Reed who's been outspoken. That's Kaepernick's best friend who supported him the most of all athletes when it came to taking a knee. You have Nessa, his wife. She's going on Twitter mm-hmm. <coughs> pretty much Ness spazzing nitty, out yeah. Ness Nitty. She's on she's on Twitter and on social media. They really not in support Jay-Z. of Jay Z. They're not, not
2: seeing the big picture.
1: They they're not seeing the big picture. And my thing is I, I understand some of the anger and frustration that would come from Kaepernick's camp as far as him not really having much involvement when it comes to what Jay-Z is doing. Also him not really, knowing that Jay-Z is going to kind of basically work a lot closely closer with these billionaires rather than probably working with somebody like Colin Kaepernick who also does plenty of work in the realm of social justice. Kaepernick has his foundations. He does so many different things to try to uplift social justice into a way where it'll be some good equality happening for everybody. But when it comes to Jay Z and Jay-Z being in that class with those other billionaires, I think we gotta put a little more respect on Jay's name. Right. Because, right. because the reality is we all want equality to happen and we wanna have we wanna be able to be in position to make these decisions Two things. For one, Jay-Z has obviously made several good decisions to put himself in a class where he could be a billionaire sitting at the table amongst other billionaires. And
2: if you listen to his previous music, the last album he dropped, he was talking on that anti-NFL stuff. That's why I said he's doing it for the right reasons. They wanted him to perform at halftime at the Super Bowl. It was a no. Because that wasn't the trade-off. That wasn't what he was trying to bring to the table. We know he has that fame. We know he has that money. That Super Bowl performance would do more for the NFL than it would do for him. And he said that in his bar. Now, I will say what I will say that I think Jay-Z could have been a little more
1: cognizant of, or maybe he just didn't give a damn. I don't know. But Jay-Z, they announced this partnership with Jay-Z. On the same day the anniversary day of when Colin Kaepernick first took a knee uh, that that's, that to me can be it can be taken as a shot. I'm not thinking too deeply into it, but I'm talking about on Kaepernick's camp's behalf. I can understand where there is still a little bit of frustration reach. with Jay. I don't, reach. I don't really think it's a reach That's necessarily.
2: A reach. A reach. I already support Jay-Z. It's but what I'm a saying is,
1: it, it could be a coincidence. What That's what say? I said. You didn't
2: know this happened on the in, anniversary. Like, what is he what going to do to acknowledge that?
1: just not announce it that
2: day. <laughs> I'm not saying uh, Jay-Z
1: man, shouldn't no. take the partnership deal, but I do think Jay-Z is somebody who's strategic enough and calculated enough to have had that information before the announcement was made. Or maybe that's that's, me personally. Or maybe
2: that's the instrumental on why he wanted to do it on that same anniversary day we made this I, kind of change. I won't argue I, that. You, you know, I won't argue that. So why do you think he should have been more cognizant of it? I, well, well I, think that,
1: I think that more of a conversation, if he was doing what you just said, then I I think there should have been a conversation had about that in particular not about jay-z accepting the partnership but about kind of the I think symbolism he,
2: I think that would have chess, been p. i think jay-z playing chess p and i think he playing real quiet and strategic and it's instrumental how he moving but i think it's all a part of his bigger picture but i think he playing chess i, I agree which is why i said i trust jay-z i trust jay-z
1: I'm just saying from the side of Kaepernick, which is already frustrated about the fact that he does not have a job. And by the fact that he really doesn't have what seems to be too much involvement in this partnership after the statement that he made was as big of a statement as it was. I can see them like they have reason to kind of nitpick. That doesn't mean that they're right. But I can understand just from a straight up human perspective why there would be some nitpicking and some frustration with why this all happened. But that doesn't mean nothing when it comes to Jay-Z's responsibility to talk with them to partner with them, to communicate with them, or whether he did or did not make the decision for that announcement to be made that day. Like I said, Jay-Z's on another level. Jay-Z still represents a lot of these NFL athletes as well with his Roc Nation Sports Agency. So this isn't a situation where Jay-Z is blindly coming into this and he hasn't had representation from within the league to give him information to be able to go in this position and have the credible... Uh research, the credible knowledge necessary to be able to not only have the partnership,
2: but to thrive within that partnership. All right. All right. Well so, I'm, I'm interested to see how it all unfolds. And I think the narrative will change on the people who are knocking him right now. I truly do. I don't know, man. I think the people that are knocking well, it's I think going,
1: they'll be real stubborn. I think, I think I think but what I'm saying is I don't think it's gonna be that easy or that yeah, simple. There'll be still time. be a way for folks to figure out why didn't he do this or why didn't he do that but i trust him having success as he has his entire rap career his entire
2: entrepreneurship he career he business, i mean he, he's things, done you know he he's doing.
1: done more than enough and as somebody that does similar work obviously on a much 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 smaller level but that does that similar type of work, I can understand why Jay-Z is putting himself in position to more so be a bridge builder when it comes to the connection of these billion-dollar owners and these athletes, some that he may represent. Now, majority that he's going to represent in a different type of a way from his agency, but he's still representing the league that they play in and that they all represent as well. They need that bridge builder because... Obviously, there has been a lot of friction between athletes and its owners. And the reality is those owners aren't going anywhere anytime soon. So why not have somebody who can speak on their level from also from not only a financial standpoint, but he can also educate them culturally to be able to connect with its athletes to now grow the sport as we have seen in the sport of basketball and with the NBA. We shall see, P. We shall see. Next up, I want to come back to that whole Rich Paul deal that took place last week. We talked about it a little bit on last week's podcast, but um, there's been new findings and there's been new You're information and news surrounding it. <laughs> <You're okay now. laughs> so keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncy.
0: Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network.
1: So, D-Boy. Talk to me. Last week, we discussed Rich Paul and the Rich Paul rule and the fact that the NCAA had created that rule where agents, in order for them to be able to represent these NCAA players, must have a bachelor's degree, amongst some other criteria. But the one that stood out was the bachelor's degree because Rich Paul, who is LeBron James's friend and agent as well, amongst many other superstar basketball players and athletes, doesn't have a bachelor's degree. And so we obviously kind of called out the NCAA, which I think that was uh, very common amongst many people that happen to be fans of basketball, that happen to be fans of the NCAA or have some connection with sport. Many people just felt it was flat out wrong. And um, interestingly enough, the NCAA caught wind of the ruckus that was created after they made that decision. And they decide to circle back and change the qualifications back and take the bachelor degree qualification back and kind of renege it because they obviously saw the kind of pushback that they had. Um, But what I would want to ask you in this situation is how do you feel about the NCAA doing that? Because obviously some can look at it as them correcting a mistake and taking a step in the right direction. Others can look at it as kind of a Band-Aid, and that doesn't mean you should have any type of trust for the NCAA because they did that. But how do you ultimately feel about them taking it, taking back the rule, or does it more so just speak to the power of Rich Paul and Clutch Sports <laughs> and LeBron James, who kind of created that movement in such speak a short amount power. of time?
2: Speak to the power. Changing it was the right thing to do, but it was already the damage was done you see they they motive for real and I feel like changing it even further proves the motive because of the backlash it seems like changing it just proves who was targeted that's really all it did for me like I said I'm glad that they did what is right technically it seems to be right he's obviously been doing a damn good job at his job so to try to put in a criteria to block who he represents or whatever the case is foul and I think that they did do the right thing by changing it, but it already exposed them. In a, in a, in a light where the NCAA already wasn't that good of reputable, you know, lately. They've been taking a lot of criticism for a lot of different reasons. Right. As we don't have to dive into, I'm sure we've touched on some of them before in previous podcasts, but that's where I'm with you know, where I'm at with it that they definitely did the right thing by changing it because that's the right thing to do, but it was already too deeply wrong in the beginning for what they tried to accomplish. And yes, I agree. It only shows the power of Rich Paul and LeBron James and the whole culture, for real, because, once
1: again, that's culture. It's definitely culture, but... I actually am going to more so lean on the side of giving the NCAA a bit more credit. And here's why. I agree with you. I'm not saying that we need to trust the NCAA or that they didn't kind of have a major fuck up and creating the criteria that they did, knowing that the biggest agent in the sport of basketball is Rich Paul at the moment. So with that, you obviously know, what rich paul does and does not have you obviously know that he doesn't have a bachelor's degree and then you go out and you make this rule and by the way lebron james rich paul uninterrupted that entire crew maverick carter they aren't silent about what they feel when it comes to the ncaa and they are they call out the ncaa for his bs often so i do agree that the ncaa Kind of had no choice but to kind of reel things back in due to the power of LeBron James, Rich Paul, Clutch Sports, etc. But I do still want to kind of give the NCAA some credit because at the end of the day, the same way that they made the criteria, they didn't have to necessarily change the criteria. They could have been real stubborn and stuck with it, and just on last week's podcast, you and I talked about it. You asked me a question. How much would this change the NCAA? And I said, it, it, it's, it would be a slow fall for the NCAA. It would take a long time for the NCAA to truly feel the kind of punishment from making a decision such as this. But Being with that being said, they could have definitely been on more of the selfish side and say, well, it's going to be two giants going head to head. And the NCAA is obviously a multi-billion dollar giant that would be going up against Rich Paul and LeBron James, which have become kind of this mogul circle in itself as well. NCAA, they're not multi-billionaires yet, but at the rate that they're going right now, they'll be there in due time. Mm -hmm. So... For me, I actually want to give the NCAA some credit.
2: Do you think the NCAA learned off the NFL? Let's bridge that. We just talked about the NFL. Do you think some of the mistakes and lack of changing things and decisions on the NFL's part... Do you think the NCAA Absolutely. In played in that decision, right? Absolutely. I and
1: agree. that's why, and that's why I said what I said too about Colin Kaepernick, and where I can understand his frustration in some areas because of the mass impact that the movement that he started created. That's not saying that it's right by any means, but just from a straight up human perspective. And in somewhat of a selfish perspective and knowing that this league is not bringing you back to play but you've made such a movement created such a wave that has led to some of the happenings that we're seeing today i understand why the frustration would be there don't necessarily agree with it or the motive behind it but i do understand it so yes I do believe that you have the NCAA that's seeing these power structures, that's seeing things that are becoming and the happenings that are taking place right now in this moment. And sure, let's learn from that and actually reconsider some of the decisions that we're making and really kind of circling back and saying, you know what? We did make a mistake here. Let's wash our hands with it. Let's keep you all in kind of Good graces, at least decent graces, because there was definitely some damage done beforehand where some people still really ain't going too much feel to NCAA amongst many of the other problems that they already have created through them solely having to take responsibility of creating them. So I I do think that they learned from the NFL for sure. I also think that, you know, Rich Paul and LeBron really, really flexed the muscle this time around, and I'm happy about it. I think this kind of adds to the black excellence that we've seen this weekend with Jay-Z making the move that he made with LeBron and Rich being able to kind of start the movement they made to have such a big decision kind of turned back. So. Yeah, I think that there's definitely a connection and a correlation there. And if there wasn't a connection or correlation there, we have to be the people that connect and correlate these things because somebody's got to do it. <laughs> somebody's got to do it because we got to piece these things together to be able to kind of create and change the narrative in the direction that we rather see fit. I like it. I like it for sure. So next up. We got our taking L segment as usual. And then after that, I want to do a real, real small segment on a question that I haven't even asked D-Boy yet. But I am going to ask him because of some things that are happening right now within the world of sports. And it'll get a little personal, but it'll be fun as well. Keep it locked. It's the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncey
0: keep it locked folks as we continue to give you a winning formula it's the wake up and win podcast visit thatcast.com for more great content on that cast network
1: so D boy I'm here with it talk to me talk to me who you got taking a nail this easy week? call easy
2: call <laughs> the world should know who I'm picking Boogie Demarcus Ooh, Cousins
1: oh yes
2: I didn't I hate to see it I hate to hear it I, I didn't want to it pick here. it But I mean, it was a no brainer after uh, after me seeing the news early yesterday morning, uh, it was speculation that he had a knee injury during uh, a practice run in Las Vegas. I heard early on that it was an ACL tear. I told a few of my colleagues, some people I was having some basketball hoop talk with about it, and they said, yeah, man, we heard it's just a knee injury. Nah, man, I heard it's a torn ACL. It's not looking good. And I'm going to tell you right now, with that man's injury track record and the fact that he basically just rehabbed all last season, only played very, very late deep in the playoffs uh, for the Warriors, I feel like he almost got a new life getting picked by the Lakers. I think that people felt like that was a steal. I think it was $3 million for a year. Uh, with all the other power moves that the Lakers made during the offseason, I felt like we had we heard more talk about, ooh, that's going to be cold, than Boogie being injured again. I felt like we kind of pushed that to the wayside and had hope that he took the time that it was going to take He had flashes of some good minutes in the playoffs, too. Yes, he did. So I think with a combination of all of that, uh, we were expecting to see Boogie suit up and suit up a lot for the Los Angeles Lakers. And I don't think it's as much of a hindrance to the Lakers as I do to Boogie. I think this is pretty much a hang it up, you're done kind of thing. And we've seen Derrick Rose with probably... I would say Derrick Rose is the only other person that has a near... Injury prone situation But he's also probably 150 pounds lighter Than Buggy Cousins too so I think that plays a part um, In addition to a lot of other things But I hate to hear it It's a loss for him Uh, Not really a lesson Because I think he definitely Took the time I think he did the rehab i think he was really focused on you know being prepared but it's the nature of it man It's the nature of the beast bro it's the nature
1: of it 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 comes with the territory unfortunately
2: and And i know i know how competitive natured he is i know how bad he wants to compete and knows that he can go compete and quite frankly dominate if he was in his right you know it's crazy man because a
1: couple years ago when i was doing the radio show and i was covering the blazers um, I had went to a game when Boogie was on the Pelicans with Anthony Davis, and Anthony Davis, I think he he might have been he either got hurt in like the first quarter, or he might have been like a game time decision before the game even started. But I think it was, if I recall, it was more of a situation where he got injured like really early on in the game in the first quarter, right? And he didn't play for the remainder of the game. Mm-hmm. And I got to see the real true greatness. of of Boogie Cousins and this is just in 2017 I get to see the real true greatness of Boogie Cousins and in watching him it was a no brainer to me just in 2017 two years ago that Boogie Cousins was the best center in the game of basketball easy call hands down I mean, he could shoot it. He could put the ball on the deck. He knew how to utilize his body to create space and put himself in position to score the basketball. He just really, like, did it all. Like, he was just unguardable, completely unguardable. Did it all for that team. And so to see kind of two years later the decline in his health is really just, it it sucks to see because I know how good of a player he truly was because I was fortunate to have the chance of covering him when he was at his best. One of the most dominant players in the league for sure. Like, it was so fun to watch. It was so amazing to watch. So to see that decline happen in two years like that, it's just super unfortunate. And Mm -hmm. now he's not even in the conversation of, the best big man in the league like those days are pretty much over and long gone so I don't really like that. I hate to see it. You know how I feel about injuries already, D-Boy, when it comes to any sport. I just hate 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 injuries. Like they just they irk me, but
2: as Especially I mentioned, when you it's know, the somebody of is it. young and able, I don't mind when it gets later in the career. Even with me being a super big Kobe fan, you knew that he was coming to the last quarter of his, you know, of his career when he suffered his major injury. But I got to watch what 16, 17 years of Kobe playing Injury free, but right. you know you get your little eyes and ends injuries. But you know just to see it happen so early and like you said, so dominant. I mean, we talked two he years ago dominant. about him being the best player in the league, big he, in the he, league. He like, was, killing, he was killing.
1: I, I mean, I know I tweeted it. Undeni- I, I, like I said, it was undeniable. I, I talked about it on the radio show. Like yeah. I flat out said it after watching him, yeah. he is
2: the best big man in basketball, and, then, and he was. And then seeing the footage, it looked like he was just like it was. It was once again a no contact. Going straight through for a layup through the lane, look like versus some regular people. Like it didn't even seem super competitive, just a little well, pickup run. Pick up That's run. what I'm saying. And so just for it to be that it, it's so unfortunate, yeah. bro. You I hate, I, to, I see hate it. to see it. So, yeah, Boogie took an L, but I'm praying for you, dog.
1: Yeah, 100%. 100%. Now, for me, I got to give an L to a guy by the name of Joey Gibson. And I'm actually going to do something similar to what I did last week when it came to the taking L situation because there's obviously some big things happening in Portland in a not-so-good way that must be talked about here on this podcast um, Joy Gibson is the leader of Patriot Prayer, which is a, a, a alt-right group. Um, they are affiliated with the Proud Boys who are supposed to be coming along here tomorrow here in the city of Portland and having a big rally slash protest with threats of it being violent. Now, Joy Gibson was recently charged for the May Day riot. Um, that he was a part of that took place here in the city of in, of Portland at the Portland Cidery, right in front of a cidery. Um, and the cidery is called Cider Riot. So, Joy Gibson, who's leading this group and who plays a very integral part in kind of the Patriot Prayer and the Proud Boy movement, especially the one that's deciding to come rally up here in the city of Portland, he did get arrested this week. Um, But with that being said, anybody going to jail is a loss to me, so that's that. But with that being said, I really want to put the emphasis on Folks being safe tomorrow here in the city of Portland, oh, please.
2: Because I'm seeing it everywhere on my social media. Oh, it's everywhere. everywhere. Oh, it's huge I'm talking news. About if you anything of color, stay in the house. Don't go downtown. You've had don't go every to the day party, you've, you've, all that.
1: You've had every politician speak out about it. You've had chief of police, chief of fire, commissioner Joanne Hardesty, you, commissioner you daily. Uh, it's it's, it's national news. Of it. that multiple things yeah. have been canceled. For for example. Like I mentioned right at the beginning of the podcast and the announcements, I'm DJing for Sugar T this Sunday night here in Portland. Sugar T was initially coming down here for the West Coast Hip Hop Awards that was supposed to be taking place on Saturday. Did they, cancel they canceled that? They canceled the West Coast Hip Hop Awards. Wow. They even canceled the West wow. Coast Hip Hop Awards. So, literally, the city is sort of shutting down in a sense because of this nasty rally that's supposed to be taking place. But bringing it back to Joy Gibson, people, really, really be safe. Really, really watch your surroundings. Really, really be aware of what's around you because to me, and this is just all kind of opinion because I really have no idea. I'm not close enough with them people to have an idea on what their true game plan is for tomorrow. But to me, things can go one of two ways with him being arrested and him being the leader of that group. You can have folks really, really decide to just kind of quiet it down and be silent because they don't have their leader there with them to kind of head this rally. Or you can have a bunch of folks that's really, really angry on the side of the alt-right because they don't have their leader there to head this rally. I think it's a situation where it can be either or for me. I would say don't take the risk to be in their way because you never know the anger that exists within them, the frustration that exists within them, within them, because they have planned such a huge rally, at least up huge enough to where it's gotten plenty of coverage. And now their leader is arrested and probably not going to be able to make the rally. So I would say folks in Portland. Better safe than sorry. Don't run the risk of being in those folks' way because uh, they might really, really be feeling some type of way after the arrest of Joy Gibson. Um, so, yeah, That's just crazy. everybody.
2: I'll be in the house. That's what I can tell you. I'll be in the house tomorrow. Everybody in my just house, be, be, somebody's house, be... I'll be in the house. I won't be outside
1: with it. It's just crazy that we are still dealing with this yeah. in 2019.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, It's like... so common with the mass shootings and everything else. I'm not. I don't feel invincible. I'm not taking that chance and that risk. I'm. I'm going to take the best precaution necessary, and that's going to be to stay out the way. Stay
1: out the way. That's what I'm going to do. So it, stay out the way because folks are going to be this out. The studio and they are is gonna too close hot-headed. for comfort to me tomorrow. Yeah, I'm yeah. out of here. I'm folks here. are going to be out, and folks are going to be hot headed. So really, just relax, chill out, stay out the way. You know, I still think that it could end up being. A not so good situation especially with those circumstances because most of the sentiments that i've been hearing is that with him being arrested nothing's probably going to happen because he is their leader but i think that you can have the polar opposite effect where folks are really even more so amped up and angry because they want to represent their leader in such a way um so that's who i got taken in nail but i really wanted to use that to kind of prop up the safety element of tomorrow, the rest of the weekend, because, uh, yeah, it's not a good thing that's supposed to be taking place here tomorrow morning. So next up, D-Boy, like I said, I got a question for you, and it's sort of a fun question, but it was kind of a hard question for me to answer for myself on my own behalf, so I want to see if you can answer this question on your behalf. Keep it locked, This the Wake Up and Win podcast with Devon Pouncy.
0: Keep it locked, folks, as we continue to give you a winning formula. It's the Wake Up and Win Podcast. Visit ThatCast.com for more great content on ThatCast Network.
1: So, D-Boy, what's up with it? Our guy Tyler, who was here last week and he's been really helping us um, here lately with the podcast, with, you know, topics, information, things of that sort. Really production work. Um, you know, he's been he's been really involved and really helping us out here with the podcast, but he asked a question that really, really got me to thinking, and it was really tough for me to find an answer to. And the, the question was, it was unrelated to the Little League World Series, but the Little League World Series is what birthed him asking this question. Um, and we obviously know the Little League World Series is a huge deal. For young athletes, young baseball players, folks in youth sports. It's one of the most prominent platforms in all of youth sports because of the the coverage that it gets, you know, being broadcasted on ESPN and such. That's just really a huge deal to be able to make it there. And you and I, who've both been little league all-stars ourselves, Knows how hard of an accomplishment it is to be able to make it to a Little League World Series. It's hard. It's real we've hard been to a be part able to some get great teams we've in been organization. Been a part, and yeah, and it's, it's tough. You it's gotta hard. be a damn good it's team. You damn near gonna to going to Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Hard. For real, for real, for real. You gotta, you gotta play the system a yeah, little bit. It's hard to get to that point, but. What he asked me what I thought was a really good question because you and I, growing up, we were year-round athletes. I mean, it was basketball season, going right into baseball season, going right into football season, and right back to basketball season. Most of the times, we were playing two sports at once when seasons overlapped. We would go from baseball practice to a basketball game or mm-hmm. baseball, a baseball game to football practice, like that's really what we did growing up. Mm-hmm. But the question that he asked because obviously as we mentioned, it's a really huge accomplishment and it's a big stage to be at for a Little Leaguer is what is your best childhood sports moment? Oh, that's a real good question. Best childhood sports moment? What is your best childhood and I'm and I'm asking you on the spot cuz I had time to think about it and I still don't think i had a legit answer because i was and it was for good reason i'm fortunate enough to have been a really good athlete in my childhood played for some really great teams won a lot of big time championships and tournaments but what was your greatest sports moment
2: i'm gonna go ahead and answer this in two parts the the one of the reasons is because uh I would think one of I would think my biggest moment in sports wasn't actually like an occurrence of something I physically did uh in the moment. And what I mean by that is I would have to say getting um actively scouted from major league baseball teams, getting a scout card from the Rockies and the Angels. Would
1: that be considered childhood though? Or was it was it when you were in college? I mean that's at co- that time it was look
2: youth. I, I feel like it's still even I, mean, I don't 18, consider 19. I don't consider college youth sports. Mm-hmm. I think at that
1: point when you get into college it's men's basketball, yeah. it's
2: So you're talking women's about women's basketball. Real I'm talking about man.
1: childhood. I'll even I'll even grant you the opportunity to be able to include high school, mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. probably would make things easier because obviously high school is when sports get taken more serious. It's when accolades matter a lot more, especially for those that are real true athletes, but if you wanna kinda of make it tougher and really truly think about not striking your childhood. out my whole
2: senior year. I started every mm. game basically. Uh I mean, maybe without starting one or two. But I, I was a key factor on the team, all league honorable mention, and I, I never struck out my senior season. Wow. And as well, as you know, the listeners don't know, but uh my high school, Hogan High, uh closed down shortly after that. It was nobody ever, it was some damn good baseball players that came out of Hogan High, for Kevin sure. Deans, and Tyler Cravey's. You know, the list goes on, right? I don't think nobody else could say that they never struck out in never a senior season out. in high school. Uh, you were all league that was, year, yeah, right? Yeah, honorable mention, all league. Yep, yeah. and I remember just being known for uh, just you know, having a good eye, putting a bat on the ball, being a contact hitter, per se. But not striking out. We had some damn good competition that year. You remember the Rodriguez, the Vandas It was yeah, some it was some stacked yeah, squads for sure. in our league. And uh yeah, bro. So I think, you know, overall just knowing that with that high school being non existent anymore, I could say that, you know, I was one of the last teams to play baseball and have a successful baseball season at Hogan and I never struck out. So that comes to mind. First and foremost, but bro, we didn't play so much ball, so That's many sports, I, I so many. That's why I couldn't come up hard. with an answer. Because the other thing would be probably just being a part of the eighth grade all net team. I think that was one of the best youth basketball teams I've ever seen. You, know, as far as with the Kirby's and the um, uh-huh. what was it, the uh, Marcus Gibson? You're what, getting uh, real yeah, Valel right yeah, now. <laughs> <Yeah. you're going laughs> and yeah. all of that. But <laughs> yeah. you know, being Valel, NJB eighth grade, that was another just crazy experience. So. I mean, the list could go on, but that no strikeout situation in high school was big. You know what? Now that you mentioned the NJB
1: deal, and for those of you that don't know NJB, that's National Junior Basketball, it's a youth basketball league that took place all over the country, um, most definitely. And now that you say that, we grew up in Vallejo, California, Solano County. Um, you went all the way through high school in Vallejo. Uh, Hogan High School which was in Vallejo High School I did elementary school in Vallejo I did middle school in Vallejo and then in my 8th grade year I transferred to Green Valley Middle School which was in Fairfield but also in my 8th grade year playing all net I went from playing for Vallejo all net in my 5th, 6th and 7th grade years to playing for Fairfield all net where I ended up going to school at for Mm -hmm. sure but one of the dopest accomplishments is I won two national championships, and I won one. And for those in the and fairfield. I won one for Vallejo, and I won one for Fairfield. You might be the
2: only, Is you the I, only I, one who did that, I, as far as you know?
1: Tremaine Bondurant. Yeah. We did it together. Yeah. Tremaine Bondurant, who obviously went on to be a Division One football player at the University of Arizona. But Tremaine and I were both on that fifth grade all-net team in Vallejo. And then we were both on that eighth grade on that team in Fairfield, and we won a national championship with both teams. Like I said, that's that's a a huge rivalry. For those of you that aren't from Vallejo, some of my Portland folks, like put it this way, next weekend – There's going to be an alumni game. It's called the Clash of the Cities. It'll be all of the high schools from Vallejo, some of the alumni, handpicked alumni from all the high schools in Vallejo playing against some handpicked alumni from all of the high schools in Fairfield. And it's like a huge event that's happening because Vallejo and Fairfield rivalry is a really big thing. I really dealt with it in high school especially. Because I played for Rodriguez High School in Fairfield, but I was playing against most Vallejo schools, um, which consisted of a lot of my childhood friends, a lot of my childhood homies that I grew up balling with and against in Vallejo, and now I'm playing against them for sure for the other city that we rival with, and fortunately for me, I played for the best school in the conference. We won, we won the SCAC all four years I was in high school, so I was able to come in those Vallejo gyms and really play amongst a hostile environment because folks were really mad that I was playing for Fairfield. I was considered the traitor because I was playing for a high school team in Fairfield and beating up on some of my old childhood partners that I grew up playing with in the city of Vallejo. So to me, I think that's a real big accomplishment. Um, as far as youth sports is concerned, that's not including high school. Obviously, like I mentioned, I don't even think college should count in this conversation. But um, winning the national championship for both cities, I think it's pretty damn dope. And uh, I'll for now say that that's my best childhood sports, sports moment. But I got a few more on the docket that I won't get into right now. But definitely cross my mind when trying to come up with the answer to this question.
2: Cuddy, we did some dope shit with sports. Oh golf. man, we had, I mean, oh, man. I'm just looking now that I'm <laughs> oh, thinking, man. epic days. I mean, That's Cuddy, what I'm... I mean. it's oh, so man. nostalgic. I can think of days getting my bat, that that gold connection I oh, had, man. my first one over the fence. That I think DeAndre Ball. Called. It's just it's yeah, a, throwing no hits. Yeah, Salvalle, no hits. Hit. Yes. it's a lot, Cuddy. <laughs> it's a I, lot. I don't know.
1: It's a lot, man. It's yeah. a lot. My last baseball tournament, I won MVP of the tournament. Decided I didn't <laughs> want to play baseball no more. Yeah, it's true it's story. Not it's it's crazy, true story. Bro. It's crazy. Like that was yeah. one of the moments that I think is most memorable to me personally for sure. Yeah. Is like I and I regret it to this day. Mm-hmm. I regret to this day no longer playing baseball yeah. after just going off in a tournament. Mm-hmm. And so um but it was what it was. I, I love playing hoop and you know I was able to really make a lot of playing the sport of basketball and I still get to be around the sport of basketball in a pretty significant way. So I'm very appreciative of that, and and I'm blessed to be able to do so. But, D-Boy, let them know where to find you. Remind them of anything you need them to know
2: before we log on out of here. Yes, indeed. D-Boy LTD with an I, not a Y. Uh, I got a new project coming out. I got a new song and video coming out on my birthday, Wednesday, August 21st. So make sure y'all go pee me out on the socials. Check it out, man. Uh, Shout out to dutch bros too man i've been getting a lot of love just i mean that's just going up still as, as many people know i got the official song for dutch bros as well so that's been picking up we got blazer season coming up again soon around the corner you got football coming up it's gonna be a lot of activity so make sure y'all really stay tapped in dboy ltd with a I, not a y hello and i'm devon pouncey
1: at pounce underscore station on social media sites where an ad name is needed i guess <laughs> um but yeah go ahead and follow me keep up with the content um like i said we got a lot of great stuff going on here with the podcast um i mentioned that we'll obviously be getting down here on wednesdays we got a bunch of new stuff That We're getting ready to unleash here on the podcast, some different segments, especially with the NFL coming around and it being football season. We'll be giving y'all some pounceies picks. Um, I think that'll be a really cool and fun segment and being able to kind of predict what's coming, what's going to happen during the football season so amongst many other things just you know stay locked in with us we appreciate you for always coming here and checking us out letting us know what you think feedback is always welcome i've been getting a lot of great feedback from a lot of people i mean folks writing out full-on reviews about Our content and what it is that we have to say on this podcast, which only pushes us to continue to want to do greater with this podcast. Um, As I mentioned, Street Roots, we're having our street party this Sunday, 1 to 4 p.m. Show up, if you may, Um, that night, August 18th at 9 p.m. at Culture Social Bar here in the city of Portland. I'll be your DJ um we'll have sugar tea from the click the sister of e40 for those of y'all that don't know um she'll be here doing a book signing she'll perform some records some old school i'm pretty sure she'll pre- uh, perform some old school sprinkle me um, some Captain Save a Ho, she might get in her bag a little bit, y'all. For those of y'all that know the real,
2: <laughs> they don't know.
1: Then for those of y'all that know the real, Sugar T is coming I'm with it this she's Sunday. Still coming,
2: considering that that's canceled. But that's yeah,
1: we well, I was surprised too. Um, my homegirl Angel, who actually is kind of. Putting the whole thing together, you know, she knew that the West Coast Hip Hop Awards were happening and she reached out to me to DJ. She enjoys when I DJ and when I spin. And so she reached out to me initially about getting Sugar T there because Sugar T was supposed to be hosting those West Coast Hip Hop Awards. And so when I found out that the West Coast Hip Hop Awards were canceled, my instant reaction was to reach out to Angel. And find out, like, so what's the word? You think Sugar T is still gonna come out here? Is the event being is the event being canceled? Like, what's really going on? And Sugar T said, "Hey, uh, I already got my flight, Angel, so I'm still coming to perform, and I'll just rock with you this weekend." And I saw Sugar T's Instagram this morning, and I saw her taking a picture with some of her homegirls, and you know what was what they stood on? What'd they say the legendary pdx airport carpet so she's here she's here. <laughs> she's here she's yeah. she made it she made it down she's here so it's going down it's going to be live and direct at culture this coming sunday so come out check us out have some fun have some cocktails as we will be enjoying tonight with that being said make sure that you are giving it your all and whatever it is that you may be doing in the near future and the far and also We're going to leave y'all the only way that we know how, and that is to stay woke and go win.